Welcome back to the VertForce podcast. I'm your host and VertForce founder, Kimber Hill. Today, we are covering the application mistakes that we have been seeing over and over and over and over again for the last five years. Listen, honey, the truth hurts just a little bit, but we're going to be honest with you and tell you what you've got to fix to improve your package. Let's go ahead and dive in right now. Virtual employment is here to stay. I'm military spouse, VertForce founder, and your remote work expert, Kimber Hill. Subscribe now to learn how you too can thrive in the virtual workforce. <laughs> Welcome back to the VertForce podcast. I am your host and VertForce founder, Kimber Hill. Today, I have none other than the VertForce talent manager with me, Felicia Vallier. Hey, Felicia. Hi, Kimber. Felicia, where are you joining us from today? I am in Newport News, Virginia. And you are an active duty spouse, just like me, and probably yes. our listener. Yes. Yeah. What of branch? Of course. Um, we are active duty army. Active duty army. All right. I knew that I'm saying that for everyone listening. Yes. So you guys can get to know Felicia a little bit better. So Felicia has been with VertForce since the inception of our company and recently in 2022 joined us as our talent manager. We are very, very, very blessed to have her on our team and you are blessed to have her screening you for all of the jobs that you're applying for. And today we are going to cover common application mistakes you're making when you apply. So Felicia has an insider look because she has decades of experience in this area, but she's also the person personally reviewing your resume, your cover letter, your aptitude test, so she can tell you exactly what you're doing wrong. Right, Felicia? Yes, ma'am. However, when you say decades of experience, I feel like you just made me sound so old, Kimber. <laughs> okay, correct me. How many years of experience? It is over 10 years. It is over 10 years. Yeah. But I feel like when you say decades, it just it's sounds so much plus. more. <laughs> I feel like 10 plus. Let's say that. It is 10, 10 plus. plus. I mean, what are, we're millennials. We're the motivated millennials, right? Oh, we are. We are. Yeah, so I just scary. saw an article today about how the motivated millennials are going to be bumping out the boomer generation, but it just totally skipped Gen X completely, which is the generation that's older than us. So yes. I guess we're the new boomer. I guess so. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. VertForce serves Gen Zs all the way to boomers. So we're here for you no matter where you are on your career search, right? We don't care. We don't care one way or another. No. Numbers are just numbers. Numbers are numbers. So here's a fun question for you. Are you older or younger than your spouse? I am older than my spouse. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. How many years? Probably more than you. Um, four. Okay. <laughs> I'm about two years older than my spouse. I feel like that's such a common trend in the yeah. military. You? Yeah. Like almost I everybody is older than their husband, all the women that I meet. I agree. I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, very common. Um, between two and I would say, I've, I've met more than me as well. Two to um, about oh, yeah. about six. I've met up to eight so yeah. far. Yeah, it's very common. But that's just a fun tidbit about about you and I. And we also have something in common, which maybe our listener would like to know. 
We do. We have the same birthday. We do. Felicia and I share the same birthday, April 25th. The best day. All right. So let's dive in here. I'd like to make this very jam-packed and informative. I want to hit all of those points that you and I talk about all the time. Um, so let's first talk about the two ways that someone applies for a position under sort of the governance of Vertforce and what our how our organization handles those. Oh, awesome. Um, so the first way type, way, type one, is typically when we identify our employer, right? Those are typically the travelers, the intuits. Um, all of the screening actually takes place on the employer side. We are marketing those. We're telling you all about how awesome that employer is. And we have vetted that company. We know that they are hiring military spouses and that those positions are a great fit for our community. You apply directly through that company. And then type two, which is typically our strategic partners. We don't necessarily tell you the company name right away. Um, and those applications come directly to us. Now, the cool thing about that is we see and screen every single application these companies come to us specifically to hire military spouses, and they have looked for us to um, hone in on their recruitment cycle. Everything is done in-house at Vertforce. So I kind of feel the need here to answer this question, why do employers want to hire military spouses? I think the way that you describe yeah. that, saying that the employers come to us to hire spouses, but why? Well, we are out here championing, championing the military spouse demographic. I'm having anywhere from two to 10 calls a week. 10 would be a really busy week. Uh, a meeting but with that many employers, and I'm saying, hi, for your hiring needs, you need to consider our demographic. And we're tooting your horn. We're telling them that you are three times more loyal, that you're typically two times as educated as an, as a regular hire from Indeed. So that's what pulls them in. And what Felicia described is the primary two types of positions you see on our job board. Either one is advertising the company and telling you to go to the company's application page and apply there, or two, not advertising the company, keeping their identity under wraps and applying through Vertforce. So I would like to answer the question also, why would an employer want to be anonymous? Um, I know the answer, Felicia, do you, do you have any ideas? Um, one of those reasons that we, they, they like the, some people like the anonymity, right? They like to um, stay out of it, leave the bias out. And then they also like our expertise, right? Some companies don't have necessarily an HR department and they use our expertise to help find their specific match. Yeah. That's one of the one of the big ways that that they like to stay out of the mix for that. Another reason is that the service we provide, which is the full outsourced recruitment cycle, is actually a competitive advantage and they want to keep it a secret typically from their um 
competitors. They don't want right. to say, hey, I know we have great employees. I know they're fantastic. Here's where you can go find them. They sort of want to keep that to themselves. And we respect that to the best of our ability. Um, so we appreciate you guys for understanding why our process stays anonymous until you make it to the first round of interviews. Um, let's talk about the steps to apply, Felicia, yeah. for when they're applying through Vertforce. Okay, definitely. Um, so there are typically um, three main artifacts that you're going to have to apply with. You need to have a cover letter. You're going to have to have your resume and you're going to have to have your pre-screening questionnaire, right? Now, these three um, artifacts typically are going to be asked for every single time. We ask for them consistently because they are also important, right? You get to showcase who you are, but you also get to showcase how your experience is specific to each job. Your, your experience is specific to the job that you're applying for, right? So this job might be different from the job that Sally is applying for, but might be different from the job that Dave applied for six months ago. However, the process is the same throughout each job application. Does yeah, that make sense? It does. And correct me if I'm wrong, didn't we also just add this quarter that you also get to send in references? Yes, we did. So that yeah. we don't have to come back to you at the end of it and say, but wait, we need one more thing. Yeah. We yeah. Need one more thing. Nobody yeah. likes to have to keep going back and forth and back and forth and back yeah. and forth. So you can send that in right now as well. So recapping that, if you're on the job board, you see a position that tells you to go apply at another company's website or tells you to send your artifacts to an email account that's not Vertforce related, they're going to have a different application process than Vertforce. And we do our best to educate you on what those are. But what we're talking about right now is if you're applying through Vertforce, you can always expect the same standard process customized and tailored to each job. Exactly. And what we're going to grab is your cover letter, your resume, your references, and we're going to have you complete a PSQ. It is time to break into the common mistakes every candidate is making on these artifacts. Felicia, let's start with the cover letter. What is everybody doing wrong on the cover letter? Okay. The cover letter is my favorite. It's my absolute favorite. So the common mistakes that people are doing, they are not spending the time to actually tailor it and target it to every job that they're applying for, right? So we want to make sure that you are not copying and pasting it from the internet, right? Make sure this is yours. Showcase who you are. Showcase your skills. Yes. Um, I think it's so easy for this to be the thing that's skipped because it is, it is standard practice throughout Indeed, ZipRecruiter, and the other places where you're applying to check the box saying, I'm not submitting a cover letter. Yeah. And People I just feel leave like it they off. framed this into you, but you know, we're boutique recruiting. Yeah. You want to know who you are. You are not a body to us. You are not a number to us. It's important that you do that artifact for us. 
That is so true. It is so true. You get to actually showcase who you are. And you're going to hear us talk about that a lot. Target and Taylor, make it who you are. Own it. Own the content. This content is yours. This story is yours. Nobody has the experience you have. Nobody has the story that you have. You're the only person that can showcase that. And your cover letter is the best best place to do that. Um, Another mistake that people often make in their cover letters is putting it all smushed, right, into one big, massive paragraph. Uh, I don't know if you've ever tried to read a, a, like an essay or a book and everything's on one page. It's really hard to get through. Yeah, or like really tightly spaced. Really tightly spaced. Yeah, that's hard to it's read. It's so hard. So give it some space, space it out, make the paragraphs their own. Use a few paragraphs. <laughs> use, a fi- use a few paragraphs. And of course, um, more than more than two lines. Give us some detail. Let us know who you are. Yeah. I feel like we hit one extreme or the other. Yep. It's it's like an autobiography or it's a tweet. <laughs> it's, oh my gosh. It is so I, true. We want something in between an autobiography and a tweet. Yes, please. So, um, more than 150 characters. You yes. can have you have the space. Uh, rule of thumb, paragraphs should be about five to eight sentences and you should aim for at least two paragraphs no more than three um and like why do we do that right because the res people tell me all the time everything's in my resume i'm not going to take the time to write you a cover letter i'm too busy and i'm just like vibes okay vibe check please (laughs) um so true bite my head off but why the resume is very factual and it puts the data right there in front of you every step of the way. But the cover letter describes how you accomplished Mm -hmm. and like what you learned from that. So your resume might say, I made 253 Canva graphics in six months. Your cover letter would say, as you can see from my resume and my extensive experience making Canva graphics, I'm skilled at, you know, color juxtaposition, font selection. And I did all of this for a variety of industries. So I can, you know, I can apply those skills elsewhere. It's like, it's the, it's the how to your, I did this. Exactly. Exactly. I I can't agree more. Thank you. (laughs) Um, also, what is the, my other pet peeve is copying the cover letter from the internet. We will straight up oh DQ you because yes. guess what? If you can Google it, so can we, and we've already done it. <laughs> yes. And please, um, remember to proofread. There have been so many times where people have submitted a cover letter and it's been submitted to the wrong name or for the wrong position. Um, that's also an automatic disqualification if you're going to submit a job application package for your uh, for the position of marketing director and the title of your cover letter says accountant um, those are completely different obviously uh, it was either copy and pasted or hey, completely no submitted something different. yeah no judgment we know you're applying to other things yes I would be doing the same thing I would we understand yeah, but you've got to keep these things separate. You need, if you're applying for, and, and I talk about this in RBC, Resume Bootcamp. Yeah. 
go here to take my free resume course. There's a whole episode about how to make a great cover letter here. Um, but we talk about this there, which is it's okay to be interested in two different industries. So for example, when I was coming up, I wanted to either work in film or marketing. So I had a folder with all of my film resumes in it. And I had a folder with all of my marketing resumes in it and cover letters appropriately. So you got to keep those things separate. So like if you're doing marketing and accounting, you got to keep it separate and proofread. Yes. So important. It's so embarrassing. It can really be embarrassing. It really can be um, for the candidate. I mean, we're not really judging you, but no. it, it it does take points away from your application when we receive them in that capacity. And the last thing that I want to remind you about is we would not have spent the last 10 minutes talking about cover letters if they weren't important. So if you have any doubt in your mind, this should sure that up for you. Um, and also, if you're applying for multiple positions through Vertforce, it's the same recruitment team reading your application every single time. Felicia or Jenna, are they're reading it. So if you're sending the same cover letter or you're sending one that's been copied off the Internet, we're going to think, hmm, this looks familiar and other people are doing the same thing. You've got to do something to stand out. So you should be writing a different cover letter tailored to the job that you're applying for and why you want that job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's going to be a little extra work, probably about 20 minutes extra out of your day. So sorry to break the news to you. You can get really good at it, though. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the resume. What mistakes are candidates making on their resume? And let's include the references here. You want to include references here too? Yes, we can do references here as well. Uh, so resumes, I feel like I can talk about resumes all day long. Um, resumes, the biggest thing is when you put all of your content into your resume, right? The biggest mistake you can make is giving me everything, right? Be succinct, be succinct. We don't need all of those nitty gritty details. We need the best ones. We need the ones that are relevant to the job that you're applying for. And, and a like lot we, of, go ahead. A lot of people have never been told that, Felicia. No, they haven't. And, and you know, like we said, we understand that you're applying for multiple jobs. That's okay. You can totally make it work by having a job for HR. You can have a job for marketing, a uh, resume, excuse me, for HR, a resume for marketing, mm -hmm. and you can target and tailor based off of those to those jobs. It's completely acceptable to start there, but you have to understand that we don't need seven pages of data and history we just need the best details to showcase who you are for this job. Yeah. Um, we want to make sure that the details align with who you are, right? Yeah. I'm going to have to be very restrained not to like launch into a full lecture on resume. So I'm going to try to keep this to two <laughs> points for myself. And that is number one, it is okay to sculpt your resume. Yeah. A lot of people are from the school of thought that you should have every job that you've ever had on your resume. And it's just not the case. You, The hard facts and the hard reality is that you have about 30 
seconds max yeah. to make an impression with your resume on the recruiter. The best way for you to do that is to pick and choose parts of your work experience that apply most to this position and get them on the front page of the resume and pull as many keywords from the job requisition and get those big bold on the front page of the resume as possible. Oh my gosh, that's it's so true. Be be succinct, get everything on that first page. Try to be one page max if you can. If you can. I it's hard. It is so hard. It is a lot harder to be concise than you think. It's just like trying to declutter your home. Right. Uh, shoes. Minimalist. Exactly. It's way harder than you think. And so I, I always know that the shorter and more concise the resume, the more time that person spent on it. And it's it's sort of like um, when you when you have items in your home that you really love, you get to enjoy those items more, right? Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with your content. The people who are looking at a lot of content don't get to spend mm -hmm. the appropriate amount of time with all of that content exactly. as compared to a small amount of content that is really spot on. Yeah. When they're on that spot, they can actually linger and, and, and really exactly. take it in. So true. And and I just I picture a recruiter sitting here with two resumes, one that's like three pages long and has every accolade, every accomplishment, every job in it, and one that's like simple and has the top three positions that applied most to the resume. The recruiter feels overwhelmed yeah. by the very thick resume and thinks this person doesn't really know if they're right for this position or not, if they have to keep yeah. throwing me all of this other stuff. But this person, they're exactly what I'm looking for. Boom, boom, boom. These yeah. three jobs apply exactly to this role. They've got the experience. I'm calling them. Remember, exactly. your resume is just there to get you a phone call. Okay. They don't have time to read your life story. You want the phone call and you want the one pager that's going to get you the phone call. Exactly. Uh, we said two points, right? We said two points. Did we get our two points or did we go over? I don't know. Let's just talk know. about references. Let's go. While we're here. Um, Let's just move on. References also. So make sure that you're um, picking people who are, of course, going to respond, going to be responsive to your references. That is probably the number one mistake that people make is just picking people willy-nilly that they've worked with in the past without choosing them wisely. People who uh, in the past haven't been responsive probably won't be responsive in the future. Yeah. Um, and making sure that they are actually professional references. Uh, if you don't have professional work references, think about volunteer positions where you've had uh, somebody that you worked closely with, maybe at the PTA, uh, FRG, um, or something along those lines, and contact somebody from that and see if they would stand up for you as a as a reference. Um, but make sure that they are professional in a manner and not your best friend or a relative. You'll get different leniency from different companies, but I know all too many companies who, if they find out you've provided a relative, will disqualify you. 
So my best advice is to try not to use friends or relatives, but to use people you've actually worked with. And my strategy is to call them beforehand. Yes. To say, I'd like to use you as a reference. Can I put your number down? If so, please, you know, if you have any strange calls, please answer them over the next few weeks. Exactly. Um, and email as well. I do know some people will email a form as a backup reference as well. So if you can get yeah. a viable email address as well, that is always a secondary option. I love that, that you give the email address and the phone number and always strive for at least three. It's yes. very hard for your recruiter to screen you and get an, um, an adequate feel of what you're like at work with just one. Totally. All right, Felicia. So we need to talk about the PSQ. I The PSQ stands for pre-screening questionnaire. It is unique to Vertforce. Felicia and our team build a custom pre-screening questionnaire for every single job that we recruit for, every single role. And she puts a lot of work into this. Every question is weighted. Um, and it's also always based on a private conversation that she's had with the employer. Employers also review them and approve them before you take them. The biggest mistake that I see is candidates skipping questions, not answering it completely. Felicia, tell me about the biggest PSQ mistakes you see in our application process. The biggest candidate mistakes that I see in the process uh, genuinely come down to insincerity in responses and people not taking it seriously. Um, you can tell in the responses that people take, there will be a mixture of, of, of questions. Some will be um, a, a sliding scale of rate yourself, how comfortable you are between, you know, neutral and most comfortable. Some will be a you know multiple choice and then some will be actual written responses you can tell in the written responses the people who have actually taken the time and thought through the questions and then people who actually just rush through it just to answer it and submit it the biggest mistake is not pausing breathing reading and then responding because there is a reason why we are asking the question that you are answering. Yes. I, I don't think you could have said it any better than that. If I could put this analogy on it, pretend it's an interview and instead of having to answer on the spot, you're being asked to put some thought into each question and answer succinctly in written form. Yeah. So truly pretend the PSQ is an interview because I promise you, we are reading every single word that you've typed. And if you've approached it with, I've got dinner on the stove, I've got two piles of laundry. Yeah, I can do this, da, 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 period. And someone else gives us three to five sentences thoughtfully and thoroughly explaining the same thing. I mean, it's easy for us to go with the other candidate. So take your time. Pretend it's an interview. Exactly. And the giant cheat code that we gave you here 
is that the employers review these before we provide them to you. And most of the questions are based on real scenarios that the employer has provided us. Right, Felicia? Tell me how you derive some of these questions. So before we even release the roles, before we release these these details to you guys, we sit down and we meet with these with the employer and we ask them actual questions. Tell me about somebody who succeeded in this role. Tell me about a time who somebody who failed in this role. And we ask them tough questions about people who are in these roles or who were in these roles. And that's how we come up with these questions a lot of the time. Yeah. All right, Felicia, let's end with a positive spin. And I want to ask you, tell me about, I'm putting you in the hot seat. I did not tell you I was going to ask you this. Oh, no. Tell me about a candidate who went above and beyond in any or all of these. Tell me, like, what impressed you about the candidate? Let's tell a a story to inspire our listener. Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm not going to drop names. Um, You don't have to. So I am the type of person that I love candidates who take action. Sending thank you notes, uh, videos. I've actually gotten a thank you video on LinkedIn through LinkedIn Messenger, connection request with a video after an interview. Um, Another one of my favorite ones actually is when somebody refers somebody to our job and the person that was referred name drops in the cover letter. That's one of my favorites too. Um, And then we always- Wait, so you like it when they say, so-and-so referred me to this position in their cover letter? I do. Okay. It shows that, you know, not only did they take that advice, um, but that our community is listening. Yeah. They're listening. They're listening to us say, share this with people that you know. It might not be the best fit for you. Not every role is going to be the best fit for every single person. That's okay. I am not an accountant. (laughs) I don't math. Y'all, I do not math. Um, But I know some people who do. Yeah. And so those roles might be amazing for them. Yes. Have a nickname for that. That's, those are our Vertforce vigilantes. They're out there making like a real difference and, and sharing the roles. And it's, it is, is really, it's awesome to hear about, you know, those make, those make the day so nice when you hear those little happy stories. Those are happy stories for me. Um, And something really fun that people have been doing recently uh, is using QR codes. I've gotten a few applications with a QR code so that I can actually find you online. I don't have to type anything in. I can just pick up my phone and and scan. That's just fun. That's just a fun little thing that I see right now. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. So I also want to share my perspective on that too. And then we'll wrap this episode up. It always means so much to me when a candidate conceptualizes their whole package and they know that the cover letter, the resume, the references, the PSQ are not individual artifacts going to different people, but rather they're a part of this bigger picture, this bigger package representing themselves. So when candidates do things like using the same font, 
um, signing the bottom of every sheet. I've seen candidates put like their own personal brand logo on every document. So you know that what you're looking at is a part of theirs. And also when they have additional artifacts to share, which is not always applicable to every position, but if they have letters of recommendation to send in, if they have their own website showcasing some of their old work to send in, I love that. It just shows that they know, they know their value and they know they're a full package. And it always stands out the most to me when they have a killer LinkedIn reflecting everything that I'm reading and receiving in the application materials. Like nothing beats when your personal brand on LinkedIn is also on brand for the job that you're applying for. No, I totally agree. Uh, we've had a few candidates that like to, they have sent in their marketing portfolio and we, we did haven't asked. And it is so nice to be able to flip through that and send it on to our our employment partner as well and, and yeah. get a, a full scope of their, their package. It really is wonderful. Yes. Felicia, so I appreciate your time and Thank for covering you. the common mistakes that applicants are making when they apply. Thanks for being on the Vertforce podcast. Felicia, tell us where we can find you. So you can find me on LinkedIn and Facebook. My handle, I guess you would say, is Vertforce Talent Manager. Uh, it's just VF Talent Manager. And so it's linkedin.com backslash VF Talent Manager. Nice. I like that. Yeah. Simple. Easy you to remember. Can Felicia an email at hire at vertforce.us if you need to reach out. Uh, again, we're going to bring our link on screen for Resume Bootcamp for you right now. Here you can also sign up for launching LinkedIn, which is our free LinkedIn course. Military spouses, you never have to pay for anything at Vertforce. These courses were built for you to help alleviate some of these burdens. I know it's not easy to learn how to make a cover letter and a resume, but we have a curriculum that makes it super simple for you. And I know LinkedIn can be overwhelming, but we've got steps step after step after step to make it easy for you. Alicia, yes. I'll see you at work tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow. All right. This has been another installment of the Vertforce podcast. If you would like to join the conversation, please PM me on LinkedIn or on Facebook. We'd love to know if you've been making any of these common mistakes and how you're going to fix them. If you need to email, you can reach us at podcast at vertforce.us. Also, if you loved this content as much as we loved making it, refer a friend and subscribe or leave us a five-star review. If you loved this content as much as I loved creating it for you, remember to subscribe. Want to get in touch? You can reach me at podcast at vertforce.us. All content in this episode is the intellectual property of Vertforce LLC.